0: Well, this morning, it's time to go into the word of the Lord. And I believe that your heart is ready. You are ready to receive yet another blessing from the Lord this morning. We're going to go right into it. Listen, last week, I started an important series entitled, All We Need Is Love. And I want you to just remind the person sitting next to you today or the person standing next to you. I'm not sure what, I, what is the situation where you are. But I just want you to remind them this morning that all they need is the love of God. Hallelujah. All they need is love. Praise God. So we started this last week and God has been moving mightily and I believe just by the response I got last week, I know many people were really blessed. People send me messages instantly. I got phone calls, people telling me how blessed they were by the message that came through. And let me tell you something, by God's grace, even today the spirit of the Lord is going to minister to you. Amen. Hallelujah. So now in the book of First Corinthians chapter 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 13, verse 13. The Bible says, Three things last forever. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. That's why we are saying that all you need is love. Three things last forever. Faith, hope, and love. Therefore, if you're going to build anything that will last, make sure that you build with one or with all these three things. Make sure that in whatever you are building, faith is in it. Make sure that there is love in it. And make sure that there is hope in it. But if you miss faith and if you miss hope, make sure at least that love is part of what you are building. Now, what is love? We saw last week in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 13 from verse 4. The Bible says, Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in, with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Then, verse 8 says, Love never fails. But whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, It will vanish away. Hallelujah. So we see in this scripture that love is not what much people think it is. When we talk about love, and that's why some people have a problem when I say that all you need is love, because some people really think all they need is money, all they need is a job. They can't seem to see how love can produce everything that they need in their lives. Do you know why? It's because of the way we have, the idea we have of what love is. Many people, when they hear the word love, all they think about is things like kissing, having sex, holding hands. So they see love as something so gentle and something so, just something that is there. They don't see power in love. So when they hear a statement like love never fails, it doesn't make, like, it seems to be unreal. How can love never fails? It's because of the idea you and I have of love. But God has now brought this series to us to help us understand what actually is love. What is love actually? What is love? Is love a kiss? Love is more than a kiss. Love is more than proposing somebody in marriage. Love is more than getting married. Love is bigger and greater than that. That's why the Bible says it never fails. Now, in the verse we just read, God explains to us what love is. And this is how we started last week. We saw that the first thing, the first expression of love is patience. The Bible says, love is patient. And how can patience affect your results? Well, Let me quickly take you to Hebrews chapter 6 verse 12. The Bible there says, We do not want you to become lazy, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what had been promised. Did you hear that verse? It says, do not become lazy, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit The promise. What does that mean? I'm talking about. You see we said that love is patient. And now we are seeing. The power of patience. Patience can help you. Earn something or inherit something. I really believe that. If you love your dream. And you are patient with your dream. You will see your dream. I believe that if you love God and you want to serve God, and you are patient in your journey of ministry, I believe you're going to reach a stage where God is going to use you mightily. I believe that. I believe that if you love that woman, and you are patient with her, and you are patient to allow God to work through the process with you, I believe you will finally marry her. Patience is the key. But this morning, that's, you know, I spoke last week about patience, so we don't want to go back to it. I want to quickly move this morning into the next one that love is. And that is, love is kind. Love is kind. So the second expression of love is kindness. The first expression is patience. The second expression is kindness. So love is kind. Now, you know, let me tell you something quickly. Waiting, like I said last week, is one of the hardest things to do in the world. So to wait for God to answer your prayer, you know, is hard. To wait to get the job, to wait to move into that, whatever it is, when you are waiting, it's hard to wait sometimes. That's why some people, when they start waiting, they become grumpy. Some people wait and they are moody. Some people wait and they are negative in their waiting. Because waiting is hard. Some people, while waiting, they become very, very complaining. Like they start complaining during the waiting process. Some start murmuring. Some people become irritable while they are waiting. Other people become angry while waiting. And some become rude while waiting. That's why the next step in the love journey is kindness. Kindness is the attitude you should have while you're waiting. If you are waiting with bitterness, if you are waiting with murmuring, if you are waiting with complaining, that waiting will not yield any results. And that's why some people have been waiting for years and nothing is coming because they are waiting, but they are waiting with the wrong attitude. It's not enough to be patient. You need to also be kind. Meaning while you are waiting, you should have a good attitude during the waiting process. That's why the next thing you need is you need to be a kind person. So kindness is the positive attitude you should have while you are waiting. That is the attitude you should have. And listen, people of God, what I'm trying to do in this is to place in your hands the tools that you need for you to see that dream God has given you come to pass. For you to see God finally come true for you. Galatians 6 verse 9 says, so let us get rid, let us not get rid of doing what is good. At just the right time we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Do you know why people give up while they are waiting to see the answer, while they are waiting for the harvest? Do you know why they give up? People give up because sometimes while waiting, they start complaining. And it's difficult to wait and complain. Just now you're going to give up. It's difficult to wait and mama, just now you're going to give up. It's difficult to wait and be rude. Just now you're going to get out of the queue that's why you need to keep doing the right things keep doing the good things the bible says that let us not grow weary in doing good doing good while you are waiting doing good while you are waiting that is how kindness is expressed kindness is things are a bit hard but i remain in a good mood i remain in a good attitude i don't allow myself to descend into negativity because once you descend into negativity it will become hard to continue waiting Very hard. Show me a person that's on a queue and who is grumpy. I will show you somebody that will get out of that queue in a few minutes. Anybody that is on the queue for marriage, on the queue for a job, on the queue for a breakthrough, and you are always grumpy, you are always complaining, you are always this and that. Listen, you can't stay on that queue until you see the harvest. For you to stay in the queue and fulfill Galatians 6, 9, you need to continue doing good. In other words, you need to become a kind person. You need to be kind. You need to be patient, but then you need to be kind. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. So now, how do I know that you are kind? You see, you didn't know that kindness was that important, you see, because when we read this, love is patient, love is kind. Okay, okay. Listen, you don't understand the power that is in that word. How do I know that somebody is kind where well, kindness can be heard? I can hear your kindness by your words. Genesis chapter 37 verse 4. The Bible says, When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. So kindness or lack of kindness, the first first sign of a kind person is the words that come out of his mouth. How do I know that you are kind? How do you know that I am kind? It's by the words we speak. The brothers of Joseph were not happy with him. And they could not hide it. It was revealed by their words. Their lack of kindness. The fact that they couldn't wait for the father to also start loving them. It was revealed. The fact that you are jealous at your brother, it was revealed by their words. How do I discover that you are a kind person or you are an unkind person? It is also seen by your behavior. 1 Samuel chapter 9, verse 1, the Bible says, David asked, Is there anyone still left at the house of Saul to whom I can show kindness for Jonathan's sake? Someone I can show kindness. So, Kindness can be shown. Kindness can be, can be revealed. So there are two ways I know a kind person. The words they speak and their behavior. That are, those are the ways that you will know if a person is kind or if a person is not kind. And let me tell you something else before I take you through the three characteristics of a kind person. Let me tell you something. Kindness is very powerful. Do you know why? Because kindness can change people's attitude towards you. The Bible says the kindness of the Lord leads us to repentance. The kindness of God leads us to repentance. Do you know what is repentance? Repentance is changing the way you think. Now, when you are a sinner god does not change his attitude towards you he doesn't become angry with you because you are a sinner god remain kind towards you god continues loving you god continues speaking to you god continues helping you and it is his kindness that affects your heart one day and it causes you to repent from your sin and to turn to god Do you see how kindness is powerful? In other words, you can have a boss that is always grumpy, a boss that is always complaining about you, a boss that is always negative towards you. What he expects is for you to become equally negative towards him. But when you become a kind person, you keep kindness. Your kindness is going to cause him to repent from his behavior and he's going to start treating you well. I'm reminded of a woman who came to Jesus and she needed Jesus to help her with her child. And Jesus was really not in the mood that day to do any miracle. And for the Bible says that when Jesus entered that city, he didn't want anybody to know he was there. And all of this, I mean, he, maybe he just entered the city to rest. So the last thing Jesus wanted was for somebody to come with a problem. And there comes the woman, because now she heard that Jesus. She just came, Master, Son of David, help me. The Bible says, number one, Jesus didn't talk to her. Jesus kept quiet thinking that his quietness is going to chase her away. But the woman understood the power of kindness. J- Jesus' attitude was like, don't talk. But the woman continued approaching. At a certain time, the disciples says to Jesus, Jesus, chase this woman away. She's bothering us. And I'm sure the woman heard those words from the disciples. But she remained right behind Jesus, continued speaking an attitude of kindness, not responding to what is going through, what you are going through, or what is happening to you. Not allowing what is happening to you to affect what is happening in you. The woman continued to come closer and closer and closer. And finally, when Jesus opened his mouth, Jesus says to her, it is not right to take the children's bread and give it to dogs. I think if it was a normal person, that was enough. Because first of all, I've been calling, you didn't answer. Number two, your disciples have been pushing you to chase me away, so I'm not welcome here. Finally, when you open your mouth to speak, you are insulting me, you are saying I'm a dog. Any normal person at this point would have said, I think I have been kind enough. Now it's time to show you my colors. But thank God for this woman. The Bible says, she replied and says, Yes, Lord. But even the crumbs that fall under the table, eh? the children can go and eat those ones. The dogs can go and eat the crumbs under the table. I, I agree, I'm a dog. But even the dogs are allowed to eat the crumbs. The Bible says, Jesus says, what? For that answer, go home. Your child is fine. What got the miracle of this woman? Her kindness. She remained kind in the face of something that looked like an opposition. Brothers and sisters, if you and I could not just be patient. She was patient, but that element, that kindness also came to to help her. She was patient because Jesus was not really willing to help. If I can put him back, willing to help. He was testing to see how far she can go. So she was patient. She passed the test patience. But now she moved to the kindness patients. If she had opened her mouth that day and said things like, ow, oh, so this is how you are talking. Is, this, is it because I'm looking for a miracle that you are calling me now a dog? Is that how you people are treating people in this world? That was going to be the end. She was going to lose a miracle. Do you know how many people lose their miracle every day because they can't be kind? Because they just lose it at the, at the wrong time. Before the harvest comes, They just lose the kindness. May you never lose your cool. May you remain kind. The Bible says that if we don't give up, if we don't stop doing what is good, and sometimes what is good is remaining kind in the face of opposition and difficulties. Hallelujah. So love is kind. So a lover must be kind. So now let's look at three qualities of a kind lover before we close. Number one, a kind lover is not rude. A kind lover is not rude. And I want to make my reading, I'm going to take my reading from uh, the book of Esther, chapter 1, verse 10 to 12. The Bible says On the seventh day, when King Zagzeg was in high spirits from wine, he commanded the seven eunuchs who served him Mehuman, Bista, Harbona, Big Abaktakt, Zitar, and carcass to bring before him Queen Vashti wearing her royal crown in order to display her beauty to the people and nobles. For she was lovely to look at. But when the attendants delivered the queen's command, the Bible says, Queen Vashti refused to come. Then the king became furious and burned with anger. We're talking about love being kind. And I want to talk to people that are in love. And people that are in love relationships. And people that are you in know, just relationships that involve other people. Listen to me today. Love is kind. A kind lover cannot be rude. King Zeg made a party and he invited a lot of people. You must understand that. He was the king of the entire region. And in the last day he wanted to display his glory and you first ask yourself how come a king is having a party and the wife is not there? Then he decided that now she must come. And I took my time to read to you the seven eunuchs he had to send. You ask yourself another question. Why would you need to send seven eunuchs just to bring one person? You, you must ask yourself those questions. Why not one eunuch? He, he, he needed to send seven eunuchs for his wife. To appear before him and his guests you think about it but even after he went through all that work of finding seven eunuchs, sending them to her the Bible says to their face she told them, I'm not coming and imagine all the people that were waiting to see her all the province leaders that were there all the governors that were there all the public that was there, they were all expecting for her to make her grand entrance. And instead of seeing Queen Vashti, they saw the very seven unique that had left earlier coming back empty-handed. Love, a kind lover, is not rude. A kind lover cannot be rude. Queen Vashti was more at at, it. She was rude and harsh. Whatever the issue was, couldn't it wait for later? Why did you have to disgrace your husband before everybody? Let me tell you something about rude lovers so that you can identify them and you can check yourself if you are a rude lover somewhere, somehow. Number one, rude lovers refuse to come when you call them. They don't come. They ignore your phone calls. And they don't bother calling you back. Hmm? They hang up while you are still talking. They interrupt you when you are still speaking. Like It's your turn to speak now. They spoke already. Now it's your turn to speak. But before you say three words, they're already interjecting in the the whole thing. That's a rude lover. I'm I'm, I'm explaining to you a rude lover. They wave their hands at you when they are talking to you and they raise their voice. They walk out on you while you are still speaking. Like you are still talking and they turn their back and they, they're walking out. When Vashti comes in many forms and shapes, a rude lover will play table tennis with you. Do you know what is table tennis? You say, they say. You say one word, they repeat another word. Arguments. They are playing table tennis with you. You say one word, they say one word. You say this, they say that. Competition. Competition. They are playing table tennis. And sometimes they are playing table tennis in their minds. So they are not listening to you. While you are speaking, they are already playing their table tennis for the next thing they're going to say to you. And they make funny faces. And they make funny noise while you are talking. A rude lover can easily and cheaply embarrass you in front of people. And that is exactly what happened to King Zegzeg. The lady embarrassed him before the entire nation. And she didn't feel nothing. A rude lover. You are joking. Love is kind. Love is kind. The things I'm describing to you today cannot be associated with love. When you say you love a person and you treat them like that, you walk out on them. You bang the phone on them. They call you, you don't come. You say things in public about them you're not supposed to say just to embarrass them. You release information you're not supposed to release just to take them down. are not kind. You are rude. You are harsh. And let me tell you something about rude lovers. Rude lovers are always resisted. Because if you keep reading that story of of Queen Vashti, that was her last day to be queen. That was her last day. A rude lover is resisted and a kind lover is assisted. So you need to choose which one you're going to be. Either you're going to be resisted or you're going to be assisted. But if you're going to be a rude lover, you must know people are going to resist you. They had a meeting that day and they decided she must leave. Nobody supported Queen Vashti, you know. Nobody. Because of her rudeness. But then I asked myself, what could lead a person to behave like that? such an occasion do you know what makes people rude the bible says in the book of genesis 37 verse 4 we read earlier the bible says his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them they hated him and could not speak a kind word to him so rudeness is usually rooted in bitterness when you see somebody that is rude to you it's usually not you the problem. Sometimes there's a problem deeper inside them. These guys were rude towards their, uh, Joseph, their brother, but their problem was that they were they hated him because their father loved him more than them. So the problem was somewhere else. People that are rude are usually offended people. Nobody knows what happened between King Zegzeg and Queen Vashti. Because that was not just an event that took place out of nowhere. No, 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 no. There are issues. So when you don't deal with the issues, they start rotting your heart. And you end up becoming a rude lover. Instead of being a sweet lover. Instead of being a nice lover. Instead of being a friendly lover. You become this rude person. That starts behaving in a funny way, in funny places. That's why the key for a rude lover is forgiveness. Colossians chapter 3, verse 13, the Bible says, Make allowance for each other's faults. And forgive anyone who offends you. Forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Forgiveness is not an option, it's a must. Not only because it allows God to continue being in fellowship with you, but most importantly because it keeps you a kind lover it causes you to remain a nice person. A nice person to be around with. So a kind lover is not rude. My prayer for you is that you will not be a rude lover. But you will be a kind lover. In that relationship, your behavior will not be a rude behavior. Where they send WhatsApp, you read the WhatsApp, you don't reply. Where they are talking to you and you hear them, but you behave as if you didn't hear. All those rude things people do and they affect their relationship and they destroy their relationship. And it's because of unresolved issues that you are not bringing on the table to talk about. You are allowing the things to stay inside of you and before you know it, you start acting funny. Instead of life, you start giving death. May God deliver us from that spirit of rudeness, from that spirit of harshness in the name of Jesus number two a kind lover is not stingy if you love you give you cannot be a lover and you are stingy a kind lover is a giver a kind lover is not stingy acts chapter 20 verse 35 the bible says and i have been a constant example Of how you can help those in need by working hard. You should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive. It is more blessed to give than to receive. But however, for a stingy lover, it is more blessed to receive than to give. If a stingy lover enjoys receiving gifts from his lover, like he doesn't mind, or she doesn't mind taking. But as for the giving, no, 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 no. They are not interested. Now, if you are in a relationship and you are always drained, you are always burned out, you are always dry, emotionally, spiritually, intellectually, even physically. My brother, my sister, is either you are dating a wrong lover or you are dating a stingy lover. Because a stingy lover will be draining, taking from you, but he's not replenishing. That's why you'll burn out. Because he takes, he doesn't replenish. A stingy lover is also stingy with compliments. Do you understand? Like, he doesn't say you look nice. You are beautiful. He is against this statement by Proverbs 31, verse 29, that said, This man was not a stingy lover. He says, There are many virtuous and capable women in the world, but you surpass them all. This was a real kind lover. He's speaking to his beloved. He said, You know, you surpass them all. A stingy lover doesn't talk like this. Listen, you can go to the moon and back. He will say, hey, but you just went outside. Uh, push a bit further now. No compliments. You do a good job, doesn't compliment. You do a fantastic job, he's still looking at it. Like, like, if you do it good, it's, it's okay. You Anything you do, same answer. He's the same person, always looking at it the same way. A stingy lover. Even his compliments are very stingy. Then he's also stingy with his apologies. You know, some people always say, "Hey, I'm sorry, sorry." Not a stingy lover. Stingy lover. Before you hear so, not to say re. You hear so, just so. You'll spend a fifty years there easily, and you never hear sorry. You never hear it. He is stingy with compliments. He, she is stingy with apologies. When you are a kind lover, you are kind also. You are, you are kind with your compliments. And you are kind. If you've missed it, you, you apologize. It's easy. You move fast. But a stingy lover. Mm-mm. He will be arguing. Yeah, but, but you, you see, you know, it, 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 you'll be going like this, like a snake. You will never see the end of it. Mercy. I want to challenge somebody watching me today. Refuse to be a stingy lover, refuse to be a rude lover. Choose to be a kind lover. Hallelujah. Lastly, a kind lover is not selfish generous. I guess that is the whole point. So you're not selfish. You're not focusing so much on yourself. You're putting the other people ahead of you. Philippians 2 verse four says, "Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. Take an interest in others. Take an interest. Take an interest. Try to find out how are things happening on the other side. Try to get into another person's shoes. Take an interest. Maybe the way they are rude to you is because of the way you are also towards them. Just take an interest. Try to see what's happening. And in my last verse, Matthew 7 verse 12. Do unto others whatever you would like them to do to you. This is the essence of all that is taught in the law and the prophets. Anything you want people to do to you, just stand and start doing it to them. You want people to compliment you? Compliment them. You want people to forgive you? Forgive them. You want people to understand you? Understand them. You want people to care about you? Care about them. You want people to treat you well? Treat others well. When you are that type of a person, I promise you, you will understand why the Bible says love never fails. Because kindness never fails. No. When you are not rude, when you are not stingy, when you are not selfish, show me where you will go and you will not make it. Show me. So last week I showed you that love is patience. But this week I have showed you that love is also kind. It's not rude. For these behaviors we have at home where daddy is calling you and you are not answering. You are being rude, my son. You are being rude, my daughter. Where you hear the instruction and you behave like you didn't hear the instruction. You are being rude. And love is not rude. Love is kind. those of us that are in relationships and we've never given one gift to the person or it's always a, a, a mission before flowers can come I mean before even a smile can come or even a helping hand for just something small they have to bribe to get it I promise you stinginess has entered but this morning we are flashing that stinginess out of your spirit in the name of Jesus Christ. Become a generous person. Be generous in that relationship. Be the one that is ready to help. Be the one that is ready to give. Be the one that is ready to assist. Don't be the one that is always giving reasons why it can't happen. You've become a kind lover when you can put others ahead of yourself. Yeah. And I pray that this has been a blessing to you. And my last statement to you this morning is, a selfish lover will be deserted and a kind lover will be surrounded. So again, choose kindness. I told you that a rude lover will be resisted and a kind lover will be assisted. Now I'm telling you that a selfish lover will be deserted. But a kind lover will be surrounded. So choose to be kind. Choose to be kind. Choose to forgive. Don't allow offense. Don't allow hurt in your heart. Because it affects your kindness. And that's why people's attitude is not changing. Because when you are not kind, sometimes people's attitude will not change. When the same way God understood, He says, His kindness changes our mind. It causes us to repent. I see people repenting because you have become kind. I see people recognizing their faults and coming back and apologizing to you just because you didn't change your attitude even when they were not behaving right towards you. You remain kind. Father, this morning we thank you for your word. Thank you for speaking to us. Thank you for directing our steps. Thank you for showing us that we can win this war if we remain kind. And right about now, before I close, I want to quickly help somebody that is watching me today. You are saying, Pastor, really, that word was for me. You spoke to me. In many ways I can sense that I need to change. But that verse, as I told you about earlier, it says the kindness of the Lord leads us to repentance. That that verse is the first verse and and I want to just read it for you. Romans chapter 2 verse 4. It says, Or do you show contempt to the riches of his kindness, forbearance, and patience, not realizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance? God's kindness is intended to lead us to repentance. God has been kind towards you, my brother and my sister. Despite all the disobedience, he hasn't changed towards you. He hasn't... He hasn't said no more angels for you, no more sun, no more rain. No, everything has remained for you. That's why when you wake up and you realize it's just amazing love, how could it be that you, my king, you died for me? How could it be? Right now, I want to help you. You want to give your life to Jesus? I want to lead you in this simple prayer. If you can repeat after me this word from your heart, the Son of God will enter your heart. Say after me, say, Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you today. Forgive me my sins. Wash me with your blood. I believe you died for me. On the third day, you rose again that I might be justified. Right now, I believe my sins are forgiven. I'm justified by your blood. I'm saved. I'm restored. I'm born again. I'm a child of God. I am free from the power of sin to serve the living God. Thank you, Jesus, for receiving me. Thank you, Jesus, for restoring me. Thank you, Jesus, for forgiving me. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In Jesus' name.